live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. And here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. Good morning, and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And it's uh, kind of a cloudy morning out there, Greg, but a good day to get out there and cut the grass because i got a lot of that to do. Well, if you can believe this, and, and it's hard for me to believe too, I actually cranked the lawnmower and actually went out there and cut grass. Now, it was over a two-day, about a two-day period, but I've, I've still got blood blisters on my hand on this one and this one and i'll tell you what it really done me a lot of good <laughs> you got you you got to get out and do things and uh you know sometimes cutting grass can be kind of fun uh well it used to be anyway but uh, snakes snakes don't like long well did you see a snake no not this time Oh, okay that's 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 kind of always been a bad omen with the i think everybody but yeah, especially in race cars and racing on pit road, it don't matter. And it's, you know, a, a snake is scared. Um, I do my grass mowing sitting down, but I have found that it is a great time to think. It really is. I don't know if I could think as well pushing a lawnmower. I haven't done that in a long. Well, <laughs> that's well, crazy. I, now. Well, actually, I do. I, I cut my front. I forgot all about it, and I just did it yesterday. I forgot. I cut my front yard with a. An electric lawnmower, because um, I have a new lawn put in in the front, and I was told, uh, well, I got the, this riding lawnmower. It looks like a, it looks like a bad day at Harris Speedway. I mean, it's got dents and it's all beat up, and I have to use uh, baling wire to keep the thing together. It looks race ready to it, me. It was pretty beat up, but uh, when I had that new lawn put in the front, which my son-in-law did that a couple of years ago. And he said, you know, if you use that old lawnmower on this brand-new expensive grass, you're going to mix all kinds of crazy seeds and weeds and all sorts of things in with the grass. So my suggestion would be to get a new lawnmower. And so I said, you know, that's a pretty good idea. And uh, my front yard's not all that big. So uh, I got I got, a, one. I got a self-propelled electric. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool, it, that, and it's uh, I get it done in a half an hour, and I I did it yesterday. So, uh, you know, it's uh, having it pull itself is a big help too. Oh, but yeah. it, it's still some pretty decent exercise. And uh, but yeah, today uh, I didn't get started until late yesterday. So I got my na- I cut my neighbor's yard and in my backyard, and uh, it's pretty high. But how yeah. you doing, buddy? Do, doing good. That, that biggest thing was with uh, with a lawnmower deal. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I've got a self-propelled. And as soon as I come in the first time, I'd cut the back. And Berta said, well, did you spread it or did you mulch it? You know, put it in the bag. So putting it in the bag is better. I said, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> so then I got fussed at about that. Because it does spread everything. It messes everything up. And, uh, 
I said, well, I'll just go get some more fat seed or something to throw out. Well, we ought to get around to talking to racing here in a minute. Uh, Ronnie's not with us this morning. He's going to take a day off, and that's fine. We will uh, we'll, uh, catch up with him. He's already given me his pick for next week, or for tomorrow, actually. And uh, did you catch any of the qualifying from uh, Road America yesterday for the Xfinity cars? Yeah, I, I, I caught that. And uh, unfortunately, uh, one of our guys that we really like a lot, Jeremy Clements uh, tore his up. Yeah, he, he did. Was, he was running good, but, he, you know, Road America, tough place. He wasn't alone. A lot of people, uh, I mean, a bunch of people wrecked, uh, you know, in the qualifying and the practice and everything. And, unfortunately, Jeremy was one of them, and he uh, did some pretty heavy damage to the front of the car. And I, I don't know if they had already taken – one of his times from earlier because you know they go out there in groups and i don't know if the time he had already established the time because uh he'd been out there for a while but he um uh has a time and he qualified uh i'm looking at it here 31st which isn't great in a 38 car field but anyway He's in there. there's a long way to go and he did win this race back uh 2017 which you know, we keep saying he won it a couple of years ago. That's six years ago now. It's, I know it's been know. quite a while. But they showed a replay of it, and it was very dramatic, uh, and um, and surprised everybody when he did win it. And they uh, they always, you know, they they are very uh, kind to Jeremy. The announcers are. They give him. Here lately, I, he had a good bit of air time yesterday showing the car in the pits and unfortunately showing it limping around back into the pits. But Jeremy's, uh, uh, he's been getting some time. He just, I don't know, he's, he just can't get over that hump. He has had, well, we can go ahead and talk about Xfinity here. He has had three straight 15-place finishes. Good number, but uh, <laughs> we need to fit. We want to finish in first, second, and stuff like that. Of course, that was Greg's... Uh, team's number number 15 all those years but uh yeah it's a uh, it's a bad number to be stuck on for finishes and he, I, I believe the i believe the 14th is the best he's had this year but yeah. um they will run that race today at three o'clock and it's on nbc i'll be watching yep and it's the road america 180 uh at elkhart lake wisconsin that's a big uh that's a big track, Greg, about four and a half miles or a little under four miles. You uh you've been up there, right? Yeah. That's that's that that is a wicked place. It's a big road course. The guy that designed it, uh he actually had went around America from different states. It, seriously, this, this this sounds crazy, but it's not. <laughs> and this looked at three D called it Road America. Uh, I think he even took some turns from down in South America or something. But the turns <laughs> that he liked, and he made this, I think at the time when we run it then, it was 3.4 miles. Uh, but that still had the option, I think, of running the longer course, which was in existence then, I think. Uh, like I say, I, I get a little confused. Uh, well, I stay a lot confused. This I'm being that. But... Uh, no, I I do know that you know when we went up there training them cars, uh, Parnelli, it done got out of the car and it was in like seventy 
one uh, and Farmer had took over as the number one driver and Donahue had wound up winning in the javelin for Penske and we ran about 30 seconds behind him in second and in fourth I think we had Peter Gregg who's a good road racer anyway you, we'd have to look at the stats can you well I was just looking up to find out exactly how long it is and it's 4.048 miles so let's, uh, let's, let's call it four miles it's a big track it's a big place and it's got a long straightaway and it's got hair very pain. fast fast treacherous and they run uh, of course Xfinity runs there uh, Cup ran there way back in the old days and uh, of course Indy cars race there so it's a uh, it's the place where Jeremy can uh, count one of his two uh, Xfinity wins, and like I said, it was in 2017, which sound, seems like a long time ago. Well, if he done it then, I believe he can do it again. Well, he can, but he's going to do it with a repaired car. And, uh, in fact, I, when they showed that clip yesterday, uh, his sponsor was RepairableVehicles.com. So uh, I hope he gets his repaired. Let's go ahead and, uh, and do Xfinity. Uh, they ran last week at Pocono. And Jeremy, as I just said, finished 15th. He started 14th, and um, Austin Hill was the winner. And Austin uh, moved back into the lead in the uh, Xfinity point standings, I believe. We'll do that in a second. Sam Mayer was second for JR Motorsports. Chase Elliott ran third, driving for Hendrick, of course, getting a little uh, getting a little practice time. You know, Chase has got to win a race, or he may get it would be amazing for him to get left out of the playoffs. And uh, actually, the networks are kind of sweating it because uh, he's the most popular driver. That's right. And they uh, made no bones about the fact that when he was hurt and when he was suspended that one race uh, for for what he did to Hamlin in the World 600, um, attendance, not attendance, well, maybe attendance, but what I was going to say was the television ratings went down. I mean, he's a big draw, and they need him. And if he was to be out of the playoffs, uh, you know, it would be a it, it wouldn't be something that NBC would be very very much in favor of. So uh, no, they, they they don't like that. Get a lot of publicity. I think he'll win a race. Yeah, I think he will too. Fourth uh, last week at Pocono was Riley Herbst. Fifth was Daniel Hemrick. Sixth Sammy Smith. Seventh was Brandon Jones, who wrecked yesterday. Eighth was Brett Moffat, who wrecked yesterday. Ninth was Parker Klingerman, and tenth was Daniel Suarez. And uh, Jeremy was 15th, and looking ahead, or looking over here to uh, the um, point standings, if I can get to it real quick. Jeremy is still in 19th. He's been in 19th just about the whole year. But uh, that doesn't really matter because uh, he's 159 points out of 12th place, which is the top 12 go to the playoffs, and... He's just going to have to win a race. It's pretty much that simple. How many races they got left? Here? Well, that's what I was getting ready to tell you. Good question, Greg. They got seven until the playoffs. More than uh, well, I get the trucks in a minute. Trucks is their last race is today. Yeah, they got to get in. Uh, if you go get in the playoffs with the trucks, you're going to have to do it tonight at Richmond. We'll talk about that after we talk to Deb. But uh, they got Road America today at three o'clock. Then they go to Michigan. They go to the road course at Indianapolis inside the Speedway. Then they got Watkins Glen. That's two road courses in a row. 
Then they go to Daytona, where he won last year, uh, Darlington, where he runs good, and Kansas. He's got a lot of good chances. Well, he's got seven of them. That's right. And uh, he is a good road racer. He didn't. Everybody screws up, and uh, he did yesterday. But you know, he's uh, he's in there. That's a pretty car. You saw it, the black with the red uh, white oh. white tail. That's smokeless tobacco, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it had on. But it, it was a beautiful car, and, and not so beautiful now, but. Uh, well, he's, got, he's got time to win one. He does. He's got. And he, he's got. He's got. You, just need, you he, just need one. <laughs> he can. He can do it. Well, here's the way the qualifying turned out yesterday for the race at three o'clock. We'll get that out. Uh, got a couple of people coming over from a uh, uh, cup to run, like they like they do at a lot of these road courses to get extra practice. But uh, the polo went to AJ Allmendinger, which is no surprise. He's uh, a road track ace and he will be probably somewhere close to that position when it's over this afternoon but AJ Allmendinger won the pole Cole Custer is second third is Justin Allgaier fourth Riley Herbst fifth Sam Mayer sixth Sage Karam over from Indy Cars eighth is uh, seventh Connor Mozak eighth John Hunter Nemechek ninth Kaz Grala and Sammy Smith is 10th, and those were the two guys we interviewed at Darlington. So, uh, as I said, Jeremy is starting 16th, I'm sorry, inside of the 16th row in uh, 31st position. Uh, Greg, did, uh, let me see, did I did I do the points? I don't even remember if I did. I, I looked at how far Jeremy had to go. I did not do the points. Let's do that real quick. And uh, I said just now that I thought Austin Hill took the point lead. No, but he's close. What I was thinking was that he and John Hunter Nemechek both have four wins. So the uh, points in Xfinity, uh, John Hunter Nemechek is first. He's got a 13-point lead over Austin Hill, who is second. Third is Cole Custer. Fourth, uh, Cole has two wins. Fourth is Justin Allgaier. Fifth, Chandler Smith. Sixth, Sammy Smith. Seventh, Jeb Burton. Eighth, Josh Berry. Ninth, Daniel Hemrick. Tenth, Sam Mayer. Eleventh, Sheldon Creed. And twelfth is Riley Herbst and... Uh, as I said, Jeremy's back in 19th. Did you get us a guest today? Yeah, got us got us a good one. Well, who'd you get? Well, the guest is uh, Dr. John Graff, uh, Arthur, and broad car collector. Uh, goes to Carlisle, goes to Media Island. Uh, he's all over the place. He did the, the very first book on the entire Budmore thing. And, uh, and he's got a lot of books. He really likes the Trans Ams and things. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was the thing about... Uh, uh, about that book, it's kind of like uh, it's like going back, kind of and looking at, at some of Greg's field and stuff. You know, it uh, it is colored pictures. It was an awful expensive book. Well, if you, if you Google him, you'll see a whole page of books. He's, yeah, he's written a lot of them. But let's take a first break and come back and talk to Deb Williams, who is on the spot on the scene up in Richmond. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. 
attorneys at Carolina Law Group are your local injury attorneys. They will always fight for you and aren't scared of the big insurance companies. The best part about Carolina Law Group is that they are local, located here in Spartanburg. And when you call Carolina Law Group, you will always speak with an attorney like Nahar Patel, who was recently voted as best injury attorney in the upstate, or attorneys Matthew Whitehead and Mitchell Bird, who were finalists for best trial attorney. The Carolina Law Group is aggressive and loyal and will fight for you. Call today, 864-757-5555, or visit the carolinalawgroup.com. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Spartanburg, when you're looking for the home of the best sports coverage around, we're talking about greatest ever spectacular talent. Good news, you're already there. It's us, Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. We're your home for the Spartanburg Vikings, the Atlanta Braves, the South Carolina Gamecocks, and Duke basketball. Plus, your most trusted source for the best high school coverage around. This is Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Find an old 35-millimeter film camera? Are you using one now? Do you want to? Where do you go to get your film developed? Spartan Photo Center, the last full-service camera store in South Carolina. They have all sorts of new and used cameras, digital and film. Remember film? They develop 35-millimeter and 120-sized color negative film three times a week. Black and white every couple of weeks. Get your film developed, scanned, printed, or cloud-delivered to you by Google Drive or Dropbox. Need film? They've got film. 35-millimeter color and black and white. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, just off North Pine Street, across from the Food Lion. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to death. Good morning, Deb. How are you? Good morning. Just fine, thank you. How about yourself? I'm fine. How's the weather up there in Richmond? Hot. <laughs> well, is there... There's no other way to describe it. <laughs> is the when sun I got out? To Richmond, you... Oh, yeah. When I got to Richmond yesterday, it was 102. Oh, my goodness. I guess that's something to all this heat wave stuff they're talking about. Of course, then again, yeah. Richmond, it can be hot in uh, 
the track gets slick. I, I don't know, Deb, you know about it, and I do, or, or memorable about it. But, uh, well, it's 87 here now. It's so still hot. It's supposed to get up to 99 today. Oh, Lord. And uh, it feels like Daytona and Talladega in July mm. when we used to run those in July. That's a good that's Particularly a Talladega. Particularly Talladega. It really reminds me of, of working pit road during the uh, July Talladega race. Well, Deb, uh, had a pretty exciting race last week at uh, at Pocono, and uh, a few hard feelings came out of that race between, uh, of course, Denny Hamlin and uh, Kyle Larson, and then earlier than that with Tyler Reddick and... Uh, um, who I could, now I can't remember who Tyler Reddick. Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon. Austin yeah, Dillon. yeah. Austin Dillon needs to get out there and practice throwing his helmet at a target or something because that was <laughs> that was a terrible throw. I was surprised at that throw being so bad, considering that he played in the Little League World Series when he was younger. <laughs> well, so I thought, man, you you've lost your skills from when you played baseball. What are they saying about that? You know, I didn't see any. Uh, uh, any kind of fines or anything for that? I thought that was a a finable offense to even approach the track, let alone uh, throw a throw something at a you know on the track trying to hit a driver. Well, you know, he was trying to hit the car, and uh, with with everything they've got, but it's like one person said when we were all riding in the media center. Well, everybody's mad at everybody, <laughs> and even Joy. Yeah. And even Joy Logano is mad at the tow truck driver. So it's it's kind of like nobody was left that track happy except maybe Denny Hamlin. And then every time somebody would say something about him having a record seven victories at Pocono now, and, and Denny would quickly say, no, it's eight, <laughs> because of him being disqualified last year. So, yeah, it was one of those. I think maybe... Ty Gibbs may have been one of the few that left there happy, and and he got his first top ten finish or of his career. So. Yeah, yeah, and um, I don't think the ninety nine degree temperature is going to do anything to cool them off. Well, not here in uh, Richmond. I, you know, where I see a lot of them getting in trouble is, and and Greg, you remember back when the cool suits started coming in. They found out they were worse off with them, particularly if they quit working, because they were circulating hot boiling water. That's right. And if you run out of the ice. And uh, you know, yeah, and and I think that so many of these drivers, they're gym fit, but they're not hot weather fit like our Marines and and like. Um, the people that work out on the farm, you know, Dale Earnhardt was fit because he worked on the farm all day. And, um, or Bobby Allison was fit because not only did he drive so many races, but he conditioned himself to the heat by rolling up his windows and turning on the heater full blast in July and driving around in Hueytown that way in his car to condition his body to the heat. So, you know, I'm going to be really curious to see how things go in Sunday's cup race since it's an afternoon race and you see how Ryan Newman's going to do with him working on his farm all day and his heat and these others that condition themselves in the gym, an air-conditioned gym. So 
I'm going to be real curious to see how how everything works out. I've got to make a comment. You know how much I love Indianapolis and the history and everything. But uh, in 1953, it was the hottest Indianapolis 500 they ever had. I think it was it was in the mid 90s on Memorial Day, and Bill Fugovich won it. And there were relief drivers for relief drivers that day. And in fact, Carl Scarborough died of uh, when he got mm-hmm. out of his car. But uh, mm-hmm. Fugovich in Victory Lane, they asked him on the radio. They said. Uh, uh, you know, how were you able to withstand all this incredible heat? And he said, well, you've never driven a tractor in Fresno in July. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's exactly, you know, he was a farmer on the side, and uh, and that's exactly what you're talking about is uh, he did it because uh, he got out there in the fields and, and worked, and that was, his, mm-hmm. that was his job, and he was used to it. So, Deb, yeah, uh, Dylan also made the comment that uh, he said he was just going to have to start wrecking people. So, uh, you know, I don't – heat of the moment thing, speaking of heat, I don't think he really will do that. But uh, I guess um, I guess they're letting a lot of things slide. I, it was a, a tumultuous round of booze when uh, – and that's B-O-O-S, not B-O-O-Z-E <laughs> yeah. uh, when uh, – when they were interviewing, when he got out of the car there on the finish line after the race, and uh, it didn't seem to bother him. In fact, uh, it looked like he might have relished it. Well, you know, it's interesting you should bring that up because I remember Ricky Rudd's wife once told me she said, "Naturally, I would rather people cheer Ricky than boo him." But at least he's getting some type of reaction, which means people know who he is and what he's doing. She said, I would hate for him to be introduced and the, the grandstand be silent like it has been for some drivers. So, you know, and then Dale Earnhardt always maintains there's no such thing as bad publicity. So you can't let it bother you. I mean, look how... It turned with Darrell Waltrip after Rusty Wallace spun him in the All Star races. <laughs> As yeah, Darrell yeah. jokes, yeah, if I could add one thing, uh, yeah, Jeff Bodine, uh, all those years, you know, he drove for us, and mm-hmm. you'd get booze, but then you'd kind of go up north and you'd get some cheers. But down here, and mm-hmm. he said, man, they wouldn't boo. I said, Jeff, that's great. They're reacting to us. You're the bad mm-hmm. guy. And uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 he, I think he, he understands that now, and uh, he really understood yeah. it then. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the lot for reaction. Yeah, it does, and you know, naturally, you you want to be cheered and approval. That's just human nature. But um, I think the reason that uh, I mean, well, let's look at Kyle Bush. Look how everybody was doing him, and then suddenly he goes to Richard Childress Racing and starts driving for Richard Childress, and all of a sudden he's got a white hat on him. So, you know, it, it just depends on the emotion of the people and what's happened at that time. But I think the reason that you're seeing the tempers so much on edge right now is so we're we're so close to the end of the regular season, and. A lot of these drivers know they've got to win to get into the playoffs. You know, the trucks. And I messed up last week, but this week is actually the last regular season in the race in the trucks. And their playoff field will be determined tonight here in Richmond. 
Yeah. And, you know, after tomorrow, I mean, with Richmond and then four more races, excuse me, we've got the playoffs for the Cup. So I think that's the reason not only the Heat has tempers on edge, but I think the, the crux of it is that we're so close to the playoffs and people are looking and going, man, i got to win or I'm not going to make the playoffs. Well, I wrote it down, and I'm going to write it down until uh, until we get to the playoffs. Counting to uh, tomorrow, there's five races in Cup left until the chase, and they're at Richmond, Michigan, the road course at Indianapolis, Watkins Glen, and Daytona. And those are the five races left to the, until they get to the chase. And uh, speaking of which, let's um, let's do our points and get that out of the way. I got a couple other things I wanted to bring up. The points as they stand right now. Deb, you don't want to take Suarez anymore? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I like Suarez. I like him, too, but Deb said, you oh, know. Oh, I like him, too. Deb, I like him, too. But, Deb you took know. him last week, and she said, I'm gonna, you're not going to like this. I'm going to steal your guy, and I had already decided <laughs> to take Chase Elliott. But, so she stole him, <laughs> and uh, he uh, bit a big piece of the wall there in the first turn and, and the wreck with, uh, with um, Logano. So, uh, anyway. Yeah. After they got turned, one turned into the other one. Yeah. Uh, Did anybody win last week? I mean, well, yeah. Well, um, I'm not uh, yeah, him. Ronnie won, and Ronnie uh, moved up on Deb a little bit. Deb's got 38 points. Ronnie's got 35. I got second last week, so I'm up to 29. Lanny's got 26, and Greg, you finished third. You've got four. You got a long way to go, but you you scored. Well, I'm always I'm always pulling up at the end anyway, so. But that that's okay. That's okay. It can it can change. Let me see your pen again, Greg. I'm gonna write these uh uh write the picks down. Yeah. Uh Deb, you can uh, go ahead and go first. Well, thank you. I'm gonna go with Martin Truex Jr. I tell you what, he's pretty hot. That's not a bad pick. And uh Greg, who do you like? Let me go with Hamlin. I don't care that much for him. <laughs> uh, you know, we're picking. Well, that's, well, you're not supposed to do this with your heart. If you do it with your head, you're probably going to come out a whole lot better. Yeah, well, yeah, I've, I've, I'm learning that. Oh, Deb, <laughs> Deb, you picked uh, mm. Truex, and I'm sorry, Ronnie's not here today, and he texted me this morning that he wanted Truex. I'm sorry. I just now noticed that, so I'm going to have to ask you to mm. pick another one. That's a shame because, Greg, you, you screwed me. Because Greg took my second pick. I don't have a third one uh, in my head. Um, well, you got a bunch to choose uh, from. <laughs> not that are going to do worth a flip. Um, let's see. I'm sorry, I should have said that to begin with, but he did. When he told me he wasn't coming in, he said, I won't make it this morning. I'm a little under the weather, and I'll take Truex. Well, go on, because i got to look at some stats here. Well, uh... I'm going to stick with Chase I'll go Elliott. Ahead. I'll go ahead and... Is that who okay. you were going to pick? Well, no. Uh-uh. Okay. I'll take Chase then because he's going to win a race. He's got to. I just can't believe he won't win one, but uh, I'll take him. Lanny, you can text me yours in, but i got a pretty good idea who it's going to be. Um, I'll take the four. That's another one that I absolutely think is going to win a race before it's all over with. Uh, the closer. He needs to close out his career with... Uh, with a win somewhere. Okay, looking at some news here, Deb. Uh, well, 
you're not going to believe this. I just checked my phone. I don't know who went first, but McKinney, uh, Lanny wanted Harvick. But, Deb, you go ahead and take him. Lanny, see if you can give me another one. I, I sort of figured you'd take Blaney, but you pick, p- pick somebody else. I'm going to let Deb have Harvick because uh, she's been screwed out of two picks already this morning. <laughs> so uh, I was going to ask you, uh, Deb, about uh, I see where next year the CW, which is uh, – I'm not sure what the CW is exactly. We've got a CW channel here in Spartanburg, uh, and it's sort of that's it. sort of affiliated with CBS. Well, in Spartanburg, our affiliate is CBS and has been since the mid '50s. Uh, but the CW I see is uh, not only are they picking up ACC football, but they're also uh, going to do the entire Xfinity series next year, including the practice and time trials and everything. No, it's not next year. It's starting in 2025. Oh, is it? Yep, you're right. It's yeah. right here on the headline, 2025. You're right. The uh, the TV con- the current TV contracts are not up until the end of the 2024 season. Okay. So the CW Network will broadcast all of the practice, qualifying, and Xfinity races from 2025 through 2031. And their app is free. They're owned by Nexstar, N-E-X-S-T-A-R. Well, that explains it because Channel 7 in Spartanburg is a Nexstar station. And Nexstar acquired uh, CW from Warner in October. So it's a free network. You don't have to pay. You know, if you don't want to take cable or any of that, you know, get you an antenna. Go to BJ's, go to Best Buy somewhere, <laughs> get you one of those antennas, but it's out there, and it's free. So the Xfinity Series will be on that network, and that's it from 2025 through 2031. And the the uh, head of Nexstar was saying yesterday that when they acquired the CW network, they found out that in order to build a viewership, they needed to have live sports. So that's the reason they went after the ACC. That's the reason as soon as NASCAR was past that deadline of when it could only negotiate with NBC and Fox, there was a date. And once they got past that date and they could go outside those, then um, that's when NextStar came in and offered them a, a sweet deal. Okay. So uh, after 2024, then, do you anticipate any of the other uh – of NASCAR's partners changing, like uh, NBC doing the second half of the year and Fox doing the first half? Uh, is anybody in the bushes like ESPN or CBS or even ABC that might get back in? Of course, ABC and ESPN are about the same thing. Well, they're owned by the same yeah, people. Disney. Yeah. And, um, you know, anything's possible. It just depends on who wants to step up to the plate and offer the money. And what I thought was interesting during our Zoom conference yesterday, I asked if they elected to go with one single network for the Xfinity series because that's what they've had with trucks and have they found the viewership increase when you have a series on one single network. 
and the response was that they had seen a 15% increase in viewership in the truck series with it always being on FS1. That's significant. Uh, Fox. Yeah. So that was, <coughs> excuse me, something that they thought would definitely help with the Xfinity series viewership would be to increase that by having it on the same network where everybody knew they could, could go to watch it. The other thing that I thought was quite interesting in the release is it said that NASCAR Productions would be handling the production of the races, the qualifying, and the practice. And NASCAR Productions is building a new multi-million dollar facility in Concord, North Carolina. Wow. Within walking distance of the NASCAR R&D Center and right across the street from the Concord Airport. And... You know, I thought that was interesting, too, and then it turns out that this facility, this state-of-the-art facility that they're building, will allow them to take more of the production of these shows, uh, or as uh, it was put to me, the backside of the production. NASCAR will be handling, and they already handle it for IMSA, and I believe they said trucks. And um, so basically what you're seeing is NASCAR take more of the production of these shows in-house. Well, since I majored in broadcasting, if I wasn't 71 years old, I, maybe it would be a good opportunity for me, but I better I better stick with my Saturday morning gig, I guess, until, uh, until I can't do that anymore. Well, Perry, can I just say one thing? You, know, you can talk, say one thing. Well, we, we, we're talking about all this stuff, and I've landed in myself uh, – Last time I talked to Mike Helton, I said, I, I said I'm, a, I'm not going to call you twice a month. He's twice a month? Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. uh, but anyway, I do, I call him more than that. But, uh, you know, we talked about the Hall of Fame inductees and everything. And I, I said, well, Mike, don't you reckon I might be an inductee in, in 2036? He said, well, I probably won't be here in 2036. I said, well, I probably won't either. He said, somebody decide something. You never know. You never know. Well, Greg, I... Well, speaking, of, speaking of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, this coming Wednesday is when we will know who the new inductees are for next January. Oh, okay. Well, that would be something to look out for. I know, boy, that used to really be a big deal. They'd have that on live television, and maybe they still do somewhere. But, uh, yeah, we'll be looking out for that because I know that uh, there's a couple in there that I'd like I'd like to see. Um, one other thing I was going to touch on here, Deb, before we let you go, and... We've already gone about three minutes over with you. But I see where Andretti, who is Autosport, who is, uh, really looks like they're trying to get into Formula One, has even uh, said a couple of things about joining uh, or, or getting into NASCAR. What do you know about that? Anything? Well, we've had that rumor around since Atlanta, July Atlanta. And, um, you know, I, Marco is driving in the SRX series, and he drove at the Roval at Charlotte last year, and I'm thinking he may be at the Indy race. Of course, the Indy cars are racing in conjunction with NASCAR at Indy. Mm -hmm. But we've got a lot of the supercar drivers coming over, and I know Catherine Legg's coming over from IMSA. In fact, she's at Road America this weekend. Right. So I would not be surprised. The Formula One situation, it's so political. The people that run Formula One are wanting to expand the field, which would allow Marco, I mean, um, Michael to have his team. But 
the owners that are already there don't want it expanded because they don't want to share a piece of the monetary pie. So, you know, if Michael does come in the NASCAR, I would say that it would only be after he just got fed up and F1 said, no, you can't have a team. And um, But, yeah, he was rumored to be at Atlanta, and then I checked with the team that was supposed to be hosting him in Atlanta, and they said it turned out he was not coming that day. They said that uh, Andretti's association with Gainbridge, which is uh, uh, popping up all over the place, especially in Indy, is uh, is where uh, a lot of this is coming from. They're trying to expand their uh, operations and 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 their their fo- the footprint across different disciplines of racing. And Gainbridge, I think, it even. Uh, had a piece of Indianapolis. I think I don't know if it was this year or not, but it was like the Indianapolis 500 presented by Gamebridge, and I didn't, I didn't like it because I just wanted it to be a standalone uh, name. But uh, yeah, Gamebridge. Uh, I don't even really know what they are. Is that insurance or what is Gamebridge? I have no idea. I don't either. What do you say, Perry? I'm not familiar with them. Gamebridge. Gainbridge. Yeah. The colors are black and uh, yellow on black, and it's popping up everywhere. I think that's an insurance company. Well, that's what I With hospitalization or something. We'll check it out during the break. Deb, appreciate it. You stay safe up there at Richmond, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. You're the best. Sounds good. Everybody have a good week, and stay cool. <laughs> Thank we'll, you. Thank we'll you, try. Deb. Thank you so much. Uh, there's Deb Williams, who is uh, she's the smartest woman we know, isn't she, Greg? Yeah, she definitely is. All right, let's take a break. I gave her about an extra six minutes there. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Alex, I see you got a new car. Yeah, man, it's sweet. Room for Titus and all his stuff, but it's missing something. Like what? Well, you know how Titus likes Tupac. Naturally. Well, the new car doesn't have the bass like my old car did. You need to take it to Elite Audio. They can add bass to a factory system. Seriously? Yeah, while you're there, let them add a remote start so the car is warm when you and Titus get in in the morning. I also saw they can add LED headlights, which you should look at, Clary, because you can't see anything. Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Check out all they can do at EliteAudioOnline.com plus their Facebook page. Apparently, you can't hear either. What? Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call local State Farm agent Cliff Gobert at 597-1200. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. 
Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting Spartan-Waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. No matter what mood I'm in, McDonald's has a deal that's here for it. Like right now, I can mix and match two of my favorites for just $3.49. So if I'm feeling a little extra, I get a McDouble with two tasty beef patties. If I'm feeling nostalgic, oh, I go with a classic like a juicy McChicken. And no matter how I'm feeling, a golden crispy small fries always sounds like a good idea. All this food talk is bringing on a new mood. Hungry. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or cobble meal. Single item at regular price. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Gainbridge is investments. It's an investment firm. Well, they got, they got the money. Well, you give them some more, and they'll pump it into racing, which is maybe a good thing. And maybe, you know, maybe that's how they're planning on making money. Well, it, it, I know they, they're getting their finger in a, in a, a lot of different racing series, and, uh, um, and Andretti Autosport, and that's Michael Andretti, not, not, uh, not Mario, but Michael Andretti, and he's, uh, he has been trying to get into Formula One for a while, and he's in IndyCar with, like, I think at Indianapolis he might have had five cars. He had a bunch of cars up there, and, uh, and, and now he's talking about stock car racing, and I had heard that, and Deb said she picked up on it at Atlanta. Well, I, I think you're right, Perry. Uh, you know, the Formula One thing, it's very exclusive. Uh, it is a worldwide, you know, uh, they, it's a big piece of pie to get into. Deficit. Well, Formula One, uh, I think they've got 22 teams. And they're actually, I don't know if this is the proper phraseology or word to use, but, I mean, they've got like a cap. And they don't want any more teams. Yeah. I mean, where NASCAR, I think, and IndyCar would welcome teams, you know, to uh, to help their sport grow. Uh, Formula One says, we got enough. And, uh, you know, I think that they would prefer that somebody drop out, uh, like a team drop out and replace it with Andretti Motorsports. But on the other hand, uh, they uh, I think the last team they let in was ha- was a Haas, the, the team out of Charlotte. And yeah. they're, they're pathetic, actually. They never do anything except... Uh, Run at the back and tear up cars, and they, you know, they're they they buy Ferraris and run Ferraris, but they uh, supposed to be coming out with their own car next year. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, they're I think capped off at twenty two teams, and for Andretti, you know, to bring his money and and a uh, Gainbridge's money and and 
form another team, likely two cars. I mean, I don't, I don't know of any one car Formula One teams. There's no independents out there, and I don't think any. And there's no three car teams. So I believe if you come in, you got to come with two cars. But they don't want you to come in. So uh, it would be Andretti forming a 23rd team, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that, that that would take a lot of a lot of mathematics on the part of a Formula One. The thing I like about with the NASCAR and with Indianapolis, at least they give you a chance. You know, they give you a chance to get in somehow. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm kind of like you, Perry. I mean, I, Daytona's a great American race, but Indianapolis, is, it, that's just a different, I mean, it's just. Well, we're going to talk I about Indianapolis it. on the other side of our guest, John Kraft. I got, I'm going to tell a story of um, what happened on this date, July 29th, 1951. 72 years ago, before we were born, Greg. But uh, it's a, a story that I think you're going to find very interesting. It's not really a happy story either. It's pretty dark. But we'll get to that after um, after John Kraft around 11.20. But um, let's go to uh, look at the Cup Series real quick and see uh, what they did last week. They held um, – let me back up here for just a second. I do this every week. Xfinity's next race will be, um, and I said it earlier, the Road America 180. That's at 3 p.m. on NBC. That's Channel 4 around here from Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Cup ran last week the uh, HighPoint.com 400, and it was, uh, it was a pretty hectic race. I mean, they had a couple of pretty nasty crashes, and the uh, feelings were hurt on several fronts, and Denny Hamlin came out the winner with a Tyler Reddick second, and both of those guys managed to uh, anger some other drivers on the track with uh, Tyler Reddick um, taking out Ty uh, Dillon, who hurled his helmet at him, Austin Dillon, I mean, and hurled his his helmet at him and uh, didn't hit anything but the track. It was a terrible throw. He needs to work on that. But uh, Denny Hamlin was first, Tyler Reddick was second, Martin Truex third, so you got a Toyota sweep there. Fourth was Kevin Harvick, fifth was Ty Gibbs, sixth Christopher Bell, so you've got Gibbs finishing, or a Gibbs-related team, finishing first, second, third, fifth, and sixth. So that's that was pretty good. And, and that's, he, all their, that's all their cars. <laughs> that's all five of them. Well, that's the coach. And of course, that, Super Bowl that, winner. that includes... Uh, the uh, the car for uh, get, uh, Tyler Reddick and uh, Ty Gibbs have the uh, Michael Jordan. How could I not think of that name? It was eluding me there. Michael Jordan's team with uh, the with Hammond twenty three X right twenty three eleven racing. Uh, moving on down seventh was Ricky Stenhouse who had a good run. Eighth was your boy Harrison Burton who actually. Made a top ten last week. Ninth was Eric Jones, and tenth Chase Elliott. And believe it or not, you got to go uh, all the way back to uh, seventh before you even get a Chevrolet. And then tenth was Chase Elliott. Bubba Wallace was eleventh. Eric Amarola was twelfth. Uh, so that's the way that shook out last week. As I said, there were some hard feelings between uh, some of the drivers, and I think one of the main things that really uh, made the fans boo because they did. They rained boos down on the top of uh, 
Kyle, uh, of uh, Hamlin in, Vic- in Victory Lane and when he stopped on the finish line. He uh, really rode uh, Kyle Larson high, you know, Going through the turn, he didn't. No doubt, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't let him take his normal line. He ran uh-uh. him up into into the marbles, and and Kyle, uh, Kyle Larson hit the wall. And Kyle Larson didn't like it, and the fans didn't like it. NASCAR seemed to think it was okay because they didn't. Uh, there was no penalties or anything like that, and it was it was pretty obvious that uh, Denny Hamlin thought it was okay because he uh, relished it. You could tell he was really uh, mm. eating up uh, the booze and everything in Victory Lane, and he said. Uh, They've got some sort of tradition up there I wasn't aware of where they, I guess they put a big rock or something in the infield and carve your name on it or something if uh, if you win. And um, he said, yeah, well, they can go out there and boo my rock in the infield. And I didn't know what he was talking about until uh, until it was explained to me later. But um, that was, uh, and, then, and then Deb's uh, choice was um, Daniel Suarez, who I've been picking a lot this year. I have. I like it. Well, he wrecked early. He was in the accident with Joey Logano, which we didn't get to talk about with Deb, but, you know, Logano had a big complaint and had a meeting. <coughs> Excuse me. With NASCAR this week. <coughs> Excuse me. Because he had four flat tires, and he couldn't tow the car. But they towed it anyway. And when yeah. they towed it, they messed it up even worse. Oh, it's terrible. So they need to get it on a flatbed or something, uh, you know, a rollback, and uh, and bring it in that way. And he was he was talking about what NASCAR can do, and he was saying, well, what NASCAR, my suggestion would be take four tires out there and uh, so you can change tires on the car and uh, at least enough to tow it in. And NASCAR says, well, no, we can't do that because we might have a 10-car pileup and uh, – Everybody needs tires, and we just can't be hauling that many tires out there to help towing the cars. So, anyway, they uh, they had trouble getting in Joey Logano's car, and they had so much trouble that he and Daniel Suarez ended up finishing 35th and 36th. Uh, the point standings for Cup, and as I said with Deb, they've got five races left to the chase, which is tomorrow at Richmond, then Michigan, the Indy Road Course, Watkins Glen, and Daytona. Right now, the point standings with four wins is William Byron. Next with uh, three is Martin Truex, who is having a great year. Third is Kyle Busch with three wins. Fourth is Denny Hamlin with two wins, as has Kyle Larson in fifth. These next six or seven guys have one win each, and that's Christopher Bell in sixth, Ross Chastain in seventh, Ryan Blaney in eighth, Joey Logano in ninth, Tyler Reddick in tenth, and Ricky Stenhouse in eleventh. Then with no wins yet, but getting in on their stage points, is um, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Chris Boucher, Bubba Wallace, and Michael McDowell. On the outside looking in is A.J. Allmendinger and Daniel Suarez. So uh, that's what went on at Pocono last week. They will race tomorrow in the Cookout 400, and that will be at 3 p.m. on USA. So Xfinity's on the big network, NBC, today. And tomorrow at 3 o'clock on USA will be the cup cars. Well, Greg, we uh, got to go to a break now. We'll come back and talk to your good buddy, John Kraft, who wrote your father's biography, the first one. I wrote the second one. And uh, you're listening to Start Your Engines, Fox Sports Spartanburg. 
The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. WSBG Spartanburg. We begin with an NFL note. Multiple outlets reporting today that the New England Patriots are hosting running back Ezekiel Elliott today on a free agent visit. In Major League Baseball on Friday night, the Cincinnati Reds defeated the Dodgers in L.A. 6-5 to move half a game behind first place Milwaukee in the NL Central. The Red Sox won at San Francisco 3-2, a five-game winning streak for Boston. Baltimore's Anthony Santander had a home run in the bottom of the ninth inning to give the Orioles a 1-0 victory over the Yankees. Aaron Judge walked three times in his first game back from a toe injury. The Padres pummeled the Texas Rangers 10-1. San Diego starter Joe Musgrove improved to 10-3. And And the Cubs won at St. Louis 3-2 for a seven-game winning streak as Cubs center fielder Mike Tauchman reached over the fence to take a game-winning home run away from Cardinal pinch hitter Alec Burleson for the final out. A few years back when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipe burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. Tracing roots to 1832, Janney is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting clients' needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing services and solutions tailored to fit your unique needs and preferences to help clients reach their personal and business goals. When you're seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282 or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The attorneys at Carolina Law Group are your local injury attorneys. They will always fight for you and aren't scared of the big insurance companies. The best part about Carolina Law Group is that they are local, located here in Spartanburg. And when you call Carolina Law Group, you will always speak with an attorney like Nahar Patel, who was recently voted as best injury attorney in the upstate, or attorneys Matthew Whitehead and Mitchell Bird, who were finalists for best trial attorney. The Carolina Law Group is aggressive and loyal and will fight for you. Call today, 864-757-5555, or visit thecarolinalawgroup.com. Weekdays at 3 p.m. It's Spartanburg County's longest-running radio show. The sports voice across the region for nearly 20 years. There is no substitute for decades of experience. Talking everything local, from high school football and basketball to Carolina and Clemson. It's open mic. And we have the studs. With Ryan Clary, Alex Smith, and Anthony Greer. Don't miss a moment beginning weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3. Gentlemen, start your ringtone. 
Live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore, and here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines, and it's my pleasure to welcome to the show. Now, I've written a couple of books, Greg, but this man, that's all I've done is written a couple of books. This man's a full-blown author. I mean, you Google him and you get page after page of of the great books he's written. Mr. John Kraft. Good morning, John. Good morning. I should say Dr. Kraft. I'm sorry. I apologize. Well, that's uh, from another life. That's way back when I was uh, teaching college before i went to law school i had a phd and so the students uh called me that in class i just kind of used that as a hook when i started writing but uh, that's jiminy christmas that's almost 30 years ago now well anyway john uh, we just can't appreciate you can't appreciate you enough coming on the show and uh you know you you collect cars you build cars you built replicas i mean you're a fixture at carlisle you're a fixture uh in all these places, Amelia Island, I mean, John Kraft goes all over. And, uh, you know, we just keep talking about that, that book. You know, it took, a, uh, I think me and my wife made about two trips to Daytona. And you come up here about two or three trips, went to a Japanese place. And, uh, it, that's on and on and on. I mean, just tell us, let's talk, talk about whatever you want to. <laughs> well, I guess he was talking about the Bud Moore book you wrote. And uh, it is a great book. Well, I appreciate you. That um, really, uh, I considered myself a recovering scribbler uh, before I wrote that last book. Uh, happened to run into Mr. Moore and, and Greg at one of the Bostrio Two reunions in Carlisle. I think that was 2005, and I was very flattered that um, Mr. Moore remembered me from my days of covering NASCAR in the 80s when I was a magazine freelancer, and uh, we had a nice lunch and. Mr. Moore asked me if I'd consider writing his biography, and of course, when Bud asks you something, you don't say no. No. And um, I was really, really pleased to get get to do that. And the last book that I, I, I wrote, I don't really. Well, I guess the market has changed. You know, modern um, folks or youngsters don't spend a lot of time in bookstores. I just read something the other day, sadly, that uh, um, you know the book production is on on the decline. I know I don't see much when you go to to um books a million anymore by way of racing used to be whole sections on nascar and racing in general and today you just don't find anything uh hardly at all so that that's sad i was very happy to be in that uh area and and writing because i do think that we we ought to spend more time preserving nascar history rather than just racing ahead to the next season absolutely I, i i agree with you and uh you were talking about books a million. Um, I mean, we used to have a books a million, and uh, I can't think of what the other one we have in Spartanburg now is. But you talk about books uh, sort of being on the decline. Bookstores are being are on the decline. It's it's oh, hard yeah. to find one of those. Everything's online. And of course, the magazine industry. I mean, I was a child of the '60s, and I can remember sneaking uh, hot rod into study hall. But, uh, <laughs> 
you know, the Hot Rod's about the only magazine left. They, uh, the conglomerate that wound up owning most of the magazine titles killed off 19 or 20 magazines in one fell swoop about, mm. oh, about two or three years ago. So you can't find very many car magazines out there uh, anymore either. I guess just a reflection of the times. Yeah, there used to be a lot of them, open track and circle track, and uh, those I think sure. those were Peterson publications, and uh, or one of right. them, I guess one of them was, and uh, Motor Trend. I, I think that's still in published, but they used to, you know, and I'm with I'm with you with that. I'm a child of the '60s. I was born in '52, and the uh, that used to be how I learned about what happened at a race. I mean, I might have listened to it on the radio or something, but to to pick up Hot Rod magazine and see. Colored pictures from the Daytona 500 was, uh, that's how I, I got, I had to learn about it. Oh, uh, I couldn't wait to get Grand National scene and then later Winston Cup scene in yep. my, uh, my mailbox every week. And, um, Steve Wade and his guys did a, a great job on, uh, keeping folks abreast of what was happening in soccer racing. And of course, I, of course, I don't think there's anything that's come along to really replace that in print. Everything's digital now. Um, I guess there's, a, pros and cons but i i miss those days of actually having the the text in my hand and uh, reading it and get to study the photos those days are gone unfortunately yeah and that's that was the first place uh i ever heard of deb williams who is on oh, yeah. our show every week uh she's a, comes on every every week at ten twenty, and uh does a great job of course she just got into the national motor press association hall of fame or elected to it she hasn't gone in right. yet but uh yeah, I think Stock Car Racing Magazine. Not, well, no, it would have been the Winston Cup scene. I think yeah, it was the well, it was, it was it was Grand National scene originally, reflecting back to the original uh, name exactly. of the premier series. Southern Motorsports uh, Journal. You remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. I remember Deb Williams' the columns well. I always enjoyed uh, reading her. I, I was a, a voting NMPA member for about 20 years, uh, so I... I um, to remember that that August organization's Hall of Fame there in Darlington, and uh, was sorry to see it superseded by the modern NASCAR Hall of Fame on some levels. Yes, yeah, uh, which we, uh, you know, about every state has got a Hall of Fame I, that right. had anything to do with auto racing. I mean, but South Carolina is the one state that we don't have. That's what we have is the museum down at Darlington. But you talk right. about a. a, a a state that's crying out for the South Carolina Motorsports uh, Hall of Fame and Museum. I mean, I, I did a thing at the at the Chapman Center, which is a, a cultural center here in Spartanburg. That's been, Greg, 13 years ago. Yeah, but you've done a good job. Well, but they, they wanted to do a history of stock car racing or, or history of auto racing in Spartanburg County. And I had so right. many artifacts. And, of course, Cotton Owens was still alive and Bud Moore and David Pearson. Everybody was still alive. But I had, sure. they were going to give me a little corner to do it in. Greg, we ended up taking over the whole top floor. Got the <laughs> we whole. had so much stuff. And, and for South Carolina not to have a museum, I, we worked on it and, and tried to talk it up, and it just it didn't happen. And I think they had done that once before when I didn't live in Spartanburg. And it, uh, uh, they raised a bunch of money, but anyway, it, it wound up uh, turning into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, which is in Charlotte. And I know Greg and right. Bud and Cotton and David and a lot of those people were involved in that. Well, you remember back in the day, the Yellow Jackets that the NMPA Hall of Fame used to give out were a pretty big deal, and the drivers and uh, honorees were very, uh, very happy to get to wear one of those. And um, that's, I, I guess they still have those ceremonies, but um, 
they just don't have the the pizzazz uh, that they used to now that the NASCAR Hall of Fame has has kind of taken the oxygen away from the NMPA Hall of Fame. Yeah, I remember we did that show. Uh, we did a radio show that that exhibit that I was talking about went from like uh, I think it opened in April and went through Labor Day. I mean, it was all summer, all spring, and uh, right. And I know we did the radio show there one time, and I wore Dick Brooks's. Um, with short pants on, but I wore his Darlington uh, Record Club jacket, which oh, yeah, something else yeah. that doesn't exist. That's right. Well, That's yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, those that, there were certain badges that the um, badges of, uh, I guess, office that the team members would wear back in the 60s. You might remember the uh, the Regal Ride Award winner jackets they were a varsity jacket that was leather had a blue body and yellow sleeves yeah i do remember that uh, and those, those were um worn with pride you see those in a lot of the the photos back then and then the darlington award winner jackets pure uh, darlington record club that's what it was it was that's the, right for that's the right. fastest qualifier of each make in the southern 500 that was that's a big right. thing back then that's right i i am um, I've, I've collected a few of those things in fact i have uh I've got Mario Rossi's uh, Regal Ride uh, Award winner uh, jacket in, in, in part of my collection. It's one of the, the nicest things that I've got. Well, Bill Rossi's a good friend of this show, and, of course, he still lives here in Spartanburg, and we see Bill quite a bit going around. The, there's not as many as there used to be, these uh, festivals, and I think they've got a Moonshine Festival. I, I know they've got one coming up in Mount Airy in September that right. Greg and I are going to. Right, and, uh, right. Um, since COVID, you know, a lot of them died in COVID, and and there's very few of them left. They used to have, they used to have one at Darlington. They used to have one at Hillsboro that was fabulous and uh, and all over. But they're kind of few and far between now. And Greg and I haven't been to one since COVID, so uh, I think we're going to this. Well, one. we're we're losing our legends, uh, and and of course they're the centerpiece, uh, and that's just of course the march of time nothing we can do about it but it's it's still something to be lamented we don't we just don't have the drivers and team members out there that we used to that would come to those events and and tell the stories about the old days and so we're losing our history in that regard yeah john uh, i i constantly go back to me island uh i know you were always a fixture there uh i remember us going there in this the spectacle the legend the memories, uh, and you were right in the heart of all of that, and it was fantastic. Uh, I guess they still well, do the island. I mean, I don't know. Well, it's changed hands uh, now, and it's been bought. Mr. Warner did a fantastic job. Bill Warner out of Jacksonville uh, set up the Amelia Island Concours. Oh, it's going on 25 years ago now, and he ramrodded that thing for, I think, 21 or 22 years until recently he step down and uh, the unique thing about Amelia Island is there were always two components there was the Concord d'Elegance for the cars that you'd expect you know the the uh, boat-tailed speedsters and the Ferraris and and those things but he always had a racing component and so there was a Concord competition on the race side and so Bill was an inveterate is an inveterate racer he still owns an IROC Camaro just saw him last year uh, and he always, in in addition to inviting the sports cars that you would expect, he always invited, when he could, stock cars. One of the very first 
Concours events that recognized old uh, Grand National and USAC stock cars, and I thought that was unique, and I've been lucky enough to find and restore a number of those cars, and then even luckier to have some of those cars invited to Amelia Island. I'm not sure that the new owners of Amelia Island will will still um, feature stock cars from time to time. I, I certainly hope they do. I guarantee you they're a huge crowd please even on a concord field populated by lamborghinis and ferraris <laughs> when you fire up an old grand national stock car oh, out I there on a concord field you remember run. when we went down there uh uh, uh it was with Vic, Vic Elderbrock. i remember right he he flew me and bud down there or up there i can't remember right. but that, that is right. something else it's, it's an amazing place you know what I remember? Yeah. We're talking to Dr. John Kraft, by the way, a renowned author of many books on, on stock car racing and Trans Am and uh, Mustangs. Uh, I think I think you're a Ford guy. Uh, but you oh, know, yeah. one, one oh, thing yeah. I used to notice at these old festivals and, and things, uh, I don't know if, if maybe it was just me, but you'd have David Pearson and you'd have, uh, um, you know, really big names. Cale uh, Yarborough would be at some of them, especially... But one thing that I noticed, um, even drivers that were more, uh, you'd have to call them back markers, you know, right. uh, everybody was had, had leveled out by then. I mean, uh, the guy, uh, Travis Tiller, that ran into back every race, you know, like at Talladega or any place on the circuit, and, right. uh, and Neil Castles and, every, and, uh, and David Pearson, you, you were sort of on the same level because... Uh, so much time had passed, and you, they had lived to tell about it, and it was just, that's one thing I liked about it. It was like how everybody, uh, especially with the drivers and mechanics and car owners, everybody was equal, it seemed to Family. me. Well, you know, I, I really think that that also was a reflection of the time that they all ran. I think that there was more fraternity and camaraderie uh, back in the day than what I see in the NASCAR garage area today uh, uh greg i know your mama used to cook uh i have lunch on the tailgate of a station wagon for everybody that wanted to come by back in those days i just don't think uh, that we've seen people like cotton owens in a famous picture uh eating beans out of a can uh, and and drinking it knee high uh, <laughs> as his lunch in the infield is something that you happen to see in the garage area anymore and those fellows that raced back then in the grand national series sure they were tiered by their accomplishments in their performance from the top dogs all the way down to the back markers but i think those fellas had more camaraderie and fraternity back in the day than perhaps we're we're seeing today in in our very publicized and um um i don't know the word to describe it but things are just quite different and i'm, I'm not sure they're different for the better in that regard well I'm, I'm proud to say i ate out of bud moore's trunk a couple of times <laughs> right uh, I, in fact i remember it distinctly uh i've got a picture in one of my scrapbooks of i don't like tomatoes and bud's offering me a slice of tomato out of the trunk <laughs> of a out of the trunk of a red uh four-door mercury marauder that's right right <laughs> at atlanta you know it comes to mind it seems like the last time we had you on john you were talking about and we had one of our regular uh listeners mike hill who worked most recently well he worked for junior johnson for years and most recently with uh, uh the wheeland motorsports uh action express uh imsa team but he was saying that he remembers you from uh uh your 
connections or your association with Hallman Moody. And it seems like the last time we had you on, you were talking about, uh, and I remember the car. It was, uh, if I'm remembering correctly at all, it was a 64 Ford number 06. Uh, I remember right. the car. I think Barbie Marshman drove it at Daytona or something. He and did. He did. Several right. of others. And right. you, it seems like you lost it in a flood in Texas or something. Well, I did. I did. That um, that kind of hurt. Uh, that was um, that was the second of. Uh, and, and let me clarify. I don't. I don't have an association with Holman and Moody per se. I like to find and restore old Holman Moody cars. And I, uh, for years and years, I had this affliction of not being able, not being able to pass up buying a Holman and Moody piece if I saw it at a slot meet. Just, I guess it was just a compulsion. But I don't have any formal association. With Holman Moody, I got to know Mr. Moody, and would like to say that uh, he considered me his friend. And I've talked to many of the the former guys that worked at Holman and Moody over the years, and had the chance to sit down and interview them for various books and restoration projects. And I just um, I just revere those fellas. Um, it's one of my continuing disappointments that the folks that are currently in charge of Hall of Fame in, inductions have not recognized either. Ralph Moody or John Holman, and I wish they would would grab a clue and do that because, frankly, there wouldn't be a NASCAR that we know today and wouldn't have been a NASCAR certainly in the 70s after the factories left, but for the work that Holman and Moody did in the 60s. And I, I mean to say by that that Holman and Moody was a finishing school and a graduate degree for uncountable drivers, numbers of drivers and mechanics that all got their start at Homer Moody in the 60s and then went on to become the leading lights in the sport in the 60s and in the 70s and, and then into the 80s. Waddell Wilson, Robert Yates, uh, drivers like Cale Yarborough and David Pearson. Uh, the, we would expend the time available in this show to list all of the graduates of that Holman and Moody finishing school and <laughs> In addition, in addition to that talent, I have to mention all of the, the technological advances that Holman and Moody accomplished in the 60s. You know, when Bill Elliott lapped the field twice under green at Talladega there in the 80s, that chassis that he was rolling on was essentially a direct evolution of the 1965 Holman Moody Galaxy chassis developed by Ralph Moody and the fabricators there at Holman and Moody. That's no uh, doubt. No doubt. I'll tell you, I, so, one thing that uh, I've got to be good friends with uh, of the show and everything with Lee Holman, and uh, you know we have an association there. And uh, like I say, I, I don't want to waste no more time because I mean you. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Holman Moody was just like the factory of the whole deal. I mean, it just you can't not have nothing but respect for him. I tell you, who used to tell me stories about Holman Moody and uh, and laugh about it was James Hilton. And James would tell me <laughs> yeah. that uh, he said, I was in the engine room with uh, Waddell Wilson and Robert Yates, and, uh, and look how I turned out. <laughs> and I said, well, James, I think you turned out pretty good. Yeah, Holman Moody was, uh, you just can't underestimate the impact that they had on the sport. And that's why I'm so stymied when uh, Ralph Moody and John Holman have been passed over time. And again, I know Ralph is on the ballot this year, and I sure hope anybody listening that has the ability to, to vote for him for induction into the Hall of Fame will certainly seriously consider that because he he deserves to be there. And you can't even begin to talk about Smokey Eunuch, which I don't know. I doubt he'll ever get in until 
a lot of people with uh, long memories pass away because, I mean, he should have been in, like, one of the first one or two cl- classes as far as I'm concerned. I, I can't disagree with you. I just can't disagree with you there either. Uh, but I think you're spot on uh, as it pertains to uh, people with long memories. Smokey, I knew Smokey uh, pretty well. I'd like to say that he considered me um, uh, certainly a little more than an acquaintance, not a close buddy, but I had entree to his shop, got to go in and poke around. And uh, uh, he he certainly had an unvarnished view of the world and had no <laughs> No problems expressing it directly. I, wore, I wrote, uh, excuse me, I read his book so many times, I had to get another copy. I mean, it, it came apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what wasn't that, Perry, wasn't that yeah, the World Accord to Smokey or something like that? It was a Smokey right. unique. Uh, uh, Best Damn Garage in Town. Yeah. Volume series. Yeah, it was, it was great. John, we got to let you go. And, I, you know, when we first got you on the phone, and I was, I got you. On, when I got you on the phone during the break, you were wondering what we were going to talk about, and you just talked for uh, 25, 24 minutes, and it flew by. And I think we could do another hour with no problem. Well, I hope I hope I didn't bore you. I bend your ear. That is uh, no. You didn't bore us. Talking about the list. You talked about exactly what I wanted you to talk about, and I will. Good. We'll, we'll Good. have you back uh, next year for sure. Uh, if we do the show, you'll do it with us. All right, well, that sounds great, and, and I was glad that y'all called me. Thank you so much. And me and, me and Bert are coming to see you. That's, Good. Lock I mean, the that's, door. That's going to happen. Hide the silverware. John, <laughs> thank you so much, John. We appreciate it. Sure, sure. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. Uh, that was a good one. Oh. That, that went by too fast. When I got him on the phone, he said, what am I going to talk about? And I said, don't worry about it. And he got five extra minutes. Everybody's getting extra time this morning. Let's take a break and come back, and it's going to be story time with Perry Allen Wood. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Spring is here, and so are the savings at Greer Nissan. Deals are in full bloom this month on all your favorite Nissan models, like a new 2023 Sentra or Frontier. Your choice, lease for only $199 a month, or hit the road in a new Nissan Rogue. Lease for only $299 a month. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or shop online 24-7 at GreerNissan.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community where they work and live clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. 
They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Spartanburg. When you're looking for the home of the best sports coverage around, we're talking about greatest ever spectacular talent. Good news. You're already there. It's us. Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. We're your home for the Spartanburg Vikings, the Atlanta Braves, the South Carolina Gamecocks, and Duke basketball. Plus, your most trusted source for the best high school coverage around. This is Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburgs. And um, I got a story here I want to tell, and I've never told it. It's a true story. And I'm doing it today because this took place on July 29th, 1951, which was 72 years ago today. And it involves um, Indianapolis cars and two tracks up north, very historic. And But I have to back up to uh, 1941 when Maury Rose won the Indianapolis 500. He took over for uh, uh, another driver who wasn't doing so well. They were teammates, and uh, Floyd Davis was not doing well, so they called him into the pits, and Maury Rose got in and uh, won the race, won his first of three Indianapolis 500s uh, with a co-driver, of course. But he he ran. When he got in the car, it was running like ninth, and when he got out of the car, it won the race, and um, so he got the credit for it. Or, well, he has to share it, but he drove over half the race. Fast forward to 1951. And they're having two, this is the AAA now, the Automobile Association of America, which used to sanction Indy cars. And uh, they were having two races that day, one at Williams Grove, Pennsylvania, which is actually in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, Williams Grove, Grove Speedway, the dirt track. And the other one was at the paved, very dangerous uh, Winchester Speedway in uh, Winchester, Indiana. Well, when they were qualifying for the race at Williams Grove, driver named Walt Brown was driving the Jack Robin Special, which was that same car that Maury Rose had won the 1941 Indianapolis 500 in. This car is 10 years old. So it had seen better days, but it was still out there. And Walt Brown was going to qualify it. And then all the way across the country... At uh, Williams, uh, at a uh, Winchester Speedway in Indiana, they were having a sprint car race, and 
All the big sprint, sprint drivers were there except for Frank Funk, who owned the Speedway. Talked. Uh, he wanted to have one big-name driver there, so he got Dwayne Carter to show up. So Dwayne Carter was sort of a, uh, given some appearance money to come, and uh, all the big sprint car drivers were there, including Cecil Green and um, another driver by the name of Bill Mackey. That, was his, uh, that wasn't his real name. His real name was William Gretzinger. But those three guys um, had qualified, believe this or not, on the back row of the 1951 Indianapolis 500. They were row 11 with uh, Bill Mackey starting dead last in his car and Cecil Green starting um, next to him. And uh, on the ins- uh, I'm sorry, I got that. No, that's right. And on the, and on the inside was Walt Brown. And uh, they were the back row of the 1951 Indianapolis 500. So that afternoon at Williams Grove, which was uh, on the eastern time zone and a little bit ahead, they had a crash of uh, the old car that Maury Rose had won Indianapolis in when it was a knockout hose clamp special. And uh, that car took the life of uh, its driver, who was um, Walt Brown. A car, it, they said that it looked like it was in slow motion because these cars, a lot of drivers back then didn't use seat belts and they had no roll bars. I wasn't even thought of. They had just made them start wearing helmets in 1935. But the car turned over and it took. Uh, it took Walt Brown's life. Then, all the way across the country, an hour or so later, at um, Winchester, Indiana, the Winchester Speedway, they qualified uh, the sprint cars, and there were three cars left to qualify. Cecil Green um, was in one of them, and the other one, of course, I just mentioned, was uh, Bill Mackey, and then the guest that everybody had, a lot of people had come to see was Dwayne Carter. Well, um, the first, the, the next to last qualifier, or third from last qualifier goes out, and that was uh, Cecil Green, and he lost control on his qualifying lap and went over the guardrail in the first turn and lost his life. And uh, he died on the way to the hospital, and so uh, they stopped everything, the proceedings, because they had to wait for the ambulance to get back. So when the ambulance got back, the next driver to go out to qualify was Bill Mackey. Bill Mackey was taking his uh, first qualifying lap and went over the rail in the exact same place, and he lost his life. He died on the scene, whereas uh, um, Cecil Green passed away on, on the way to the hospital. So uh, three drivers that were on the back row of the 51 Indianapolis 500 lost their lives within actually an hour or so of each other on this date in 1951. And then the last qualifier of the day was Dwayne Carter, the big name that they, uh, Frank Funk paid to come in there. He was the defending Midwest uh, AAA sprint car champion. So he goes out there, and he's already lost two drivers. And there's skid marks all over the first turn where these guys went over the rail, and they'd had to repair the rail. So when the ambulance got back from taking another driver to the hospital that passed away, Dwayne Carter goes out there, 
breaks the track record, sits on the pole, wins his heat race, uh, another preliminary race, and then the main feature. And, you know, this just goes to show how it was back in those days, Greg. I mean, you, uh, that it was accepted that people are going to die. And the, the, the extent to which there was no safety and it was just like, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people probably came that day to see people pass away. But if you were on the last row of the Indianapolis 500 that year, you were, you know, it wasn't your year. And all this happened on this day. This day, July 29th, uh, 1951, 72 years ago. So uh, you might remember Dwayne Carter. He went on to uh, um, race for many years. In fact, he finished seventh in Smokey Unix's car in uh, Indianapolis in 1959. That was the car Smokey built where the it was reverse torque. The engine turned the other way. Like a boat, yeah. And uh, and uh, it, it handled crazy. I mean, it, it was like through the turns like a rocket ship. But Dwayne, by this time, was so old, this was eight years later, that uh, uh, he was lucky to uh, to finish as well as he did. And Smokey uh, said he wore these cowboy boots when he raced, and he got oil on the bottom of them, and they kept slipping off the clutch when he made a pit stop, and they... They killed the engine on every single pit stop. But uh, Dwayne Carter had a son named Poncho Carter, who was another sprint car champion and raced for years and years and years. He's retired now. But uh, I just wanted to share that story of what happened uh, 72 years ago today and how unthinkable that racing was even like that at that time, that uh, it, it, was a, it, it was no surprise at all for a driver back in those days, not even in stock car or not even in Indy cars, but in stock cars, that you know they would the the lot the the preservation of life was not the number one thing on anybody's mind. And I, I, I think I, there's other examples of it. Then I, I might bring those out. I might maybe I'll do one of these once a month. But I did this one because it was on this date. That very that that is amazing. Uh, you know, I think a lot of that may have to do with the fact that World War II was just barely over. You know? Well, that had a lot to do with it, Greg. That's very, very astute of you to point that out because um, a lot of people came back from World War II bored. I mean, they'd had uh, they'd had incredible amounts of action and had seen so much. Your father's one of them. Yeah, and, your uh, daddy was too. And uh, yeah, but he well, I guess you could count him because he did go become a cop and uh that was a lot of good bit of action there but but these race drivers had seen all that stuff and plus uh uh the the public the people that went to see the races were uh were numb to it as well it's just the way it's always been auto racing and i just i mentioned on last week's show that i was reading this book called uh i finished it now for the third time thunder at sunrise and it was about the Vanderbilt Cup, the Grand Prize, and the Indianapolis 500, which were the three big races in the United States from, like, 1904. Indy started in 1911 until World War One, 1916, uh, for us. And um, there was, I mean, drivers lost their lives practically every week. And the the... They didn't even have helmets. I mean, they had cloth helmets just to keep their hair out of their eyes, you know, and just to, uh, if nothing else, to hold their goggles on. And it was just, in, 
you know, no seat belts, no protection whatsoever, and no second thought about it. And and spectators bought it pretty often back then as well. And and we're talking all the way up. This was 1951, and it didn't get any better, you know, for a long time until they actually put cages on the roll bars and the window screens on the cars, you know, like yeah. for a. Uh, uh, Billy Foster and uh, and Joe Weatherly and, yeah. and other people that died on driver's side uh, impacts with the wall. But it just a long, long time before, and it was gradual, but a long, long time before anybody cared. You know, at Indianapolis, until I think it was 1935 or 6, the wall was perpendicular to the ground, not the banking of the track, which oh. actually made it like a ramp. Yeah. And they, they, when they finally made it perpendicular to the bank of the track is when they still went over the wall, but not every... You can see... It's amazing. Uh, you can see old footage of cars at Indianapolis just back over the wall, like they're just backing up a ramp or something. And, Parked uh, it up on the trailer. And, and uh, you know, until they somebody said, hey, why don't we change the wall, you know, and make it a little bit higher, did they solve that problem? But it was just, uh, I don't know, I just... I just like to point out how it used to be, and how there was the. You made the, You told me the term one time when we were writing your book, about, and I remember distinctly you talking about how the fearlessness has gone out of racing, uh, uh, to some extent, but it was also lunacy. It was crazy that people just would like go out and do this. But that's the way it had always been done, and it just took a long time to change. It, and you know, one other thing. Uh, you know, talking about people in the service and this. Remember Nelson Stacy commanded a tank. He was a tank driver. A in tank fact, driver. I was talking to Paul Lewis when I wrote his chapter in the book, and he was mad at him about something. He said, oh, that tank driver from Cincinnati wrecked me. But, uh, yeah, a lot of these guys came back from the war at board, and a lot of them became race drivers or involved in racing in some way. Well, I went over a little bit. Let's come back and wind up the show with a few more statistics. I hope you enjoyed that. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of stories like that. And uh, and I'll, I'll tell one from, from time to time just to just to show what it was like. You remember the tail end of it, and I do too. And uh, in 1966, you know, uh, I think it was Red Regal and Don Branson got killed in the same race. That's 1966. I know it. So I mean, it, it wasn't that. That's not that long ago to me and you, but I know it is to a lot of in people. In Lost Tiny in 1975. Well, but that was a that was a dreaded T-bone collision. That was there's still not much you can do about that. They they've improved it, but if you hit somebody square in the door, you're you're going to hurt somebody probably. Let's take a break. Come back. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Spring is here, and so are the savings at Career Nissan. Deals are in full bloom this month on all your favorite Nissan models, like a new 2023 Sentra or Frontier. Your choice, lease for only $199 a month. Or hit the road in a new Nissan Rogue, lease for only $299 a month. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online 24-7 at GreerNissan.com. 
Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. At Janney, your goals are our priority. When you work with Janney, it's about going beyond investing. It's about connecting your life and finances. When it comes to managing your wealth, you probably have plenty of questions and more than a little uncertainty. What you need is a plan built to connect your goals to your wealth. Financial advisor Trent Lancaster is here for you. Trent can build a tailored financial plan and make recommendations that are aligned with your best interests based on your unique needs, goals, and preferences. Conveniently located in the Spartanburg office, Trent can discuss how he can help you connect your life and finances. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member of FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The Country Meat Center in Woodruff is well known for our great cuts of beef, pork, and chicken. But we're so much more than just a great butcher shop. We also offer locally grown produce, delicious cakes and pies, a fully stocked deli with boar's head meats and cheeses, seafood brought in fresh from Charleston, as well as a great selection of wild game like bison, ostrich, and kangaroo for the adventurous home chef. We are locally owned and operated and will be happy to fill all your grocery needs. Shop local at the Country Meat Center, located at 10297 Highway 221, open 830 to 7, Monday through Saturday. Find an old 35mm film camera? Are you using one now? Do you want to? Where do you go to get your film developed? Spartan Photo Center, the last full-service camera store in South Carolina. They have all sorts of new and used cameras, digital and film. Remember film? They develop 35mm and 120-sized color negative film three times a week. Black and white every couple of weeks. Get your film developed, scanned, printed, or cloud-delivered to you by Google Drive or Dropbox. Need film? They've got film. 35mm, color and black and white. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, just off North Pine Street, across from the Food Lion. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. No matter what mood I'm in, McDonald's has a deal that's here for it. Like right now, I can mix and match two of my favorites for just $3.49. So if I'm feeling a little extra, I get a McDouble with two tasty beef patties. If I'm feeling nostalgic, oh, I go with a classic like a juicy McChicken. And no matter how I'm feeling, a golden crispy small fries always sounds like a good idea. All this food talk is bringing on a new mood. Hungry. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or cabal meal. Single item at regular price. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. 
start me up there with uh, Mick Jagger, who I think. Yeah, Mick Jagger. 80 so. years old. Does that make sense? How in the world can he be 80 years old? I think I heard that on the radio this week. I think I think him and Keith Richards or some of them still out there. Oh, yeah. I really I, entertaining. They I mean, haven't retired yet, but uh, no, that's getting pretty long in the tooth. Okay, we got 11 and a half minutes to fill here. And let me start by thanking Lanny McKinney for all he does for us, maintaining the Budmore Engineering website and our website for Start Your Engines and putting out the podcast that I listen to every week. And uh, as I was just talking to Greg about, I try to critique myself, and I'll listen to the show, and and I'll say, I noticed that I butted right in on Johnny Rutherford because I had something to say and I didn't want to forget it, and... We're trying to, Greg and I both are trying not to do that because we're kind of in the position where if we don't say it, it's gone. Yeah. But but we got to learn to try to wait till the guy stops and takes a breath. That's right. That's right. But, you know. It's hard to do. That last last thing that we're talking about, racing people back in the day and this, it puts people to thinking. I mean, well, that's why I did it. And I know I, it, it's amazing, and it puts me to thinking. And you know, somebody's got to remember this stuff, like dead soldiers and stuff. I mean, you know, long as we remember them, you know, that's the worst thing in the world is this racing to be forgotten, or a race trap forgotten, or a race driver that lost his life be forgotten, or anybody in the war that, that, that lost their life, yeah, you know, to be forgotten, and, and then. Wakes up. This is the greatest country in the world because at least we can remember. We have a say from state to state. Cultures are allowed to exist and everything. And there's not, I don't know of any place on earth that keeps freedom in line like the United States. Well, thank you, Greg. That's uh, quite a statement there. Uh, I did it. I'm going to do it again. Maybe once a month we'll do something like that because there's a I lot of it. stories like that. I love it. Once again, I did that one because it happened on this date. But uh, on this yeah, that, that date. that's a lot of that has a lot to do with it. Was just remembering because I mean, how often did Bill Mackey, Walt Brown, and Cecil Green brought up? You know, they never. But you know, I brought them up today, and Dwayne Carter. It made you talked about bits and pieces of it. Before. But it's just to to bring them up one time and. Maybe somebody will look this stuff up on the Internet like I did last night. I mean, I've known about this for 20 years, 20 years. Oh, you've known years. about it a long time. Yeah, but uh, I hadn't never thought to talk about it on the radio. But anyway, yeah, that's why I did it. We'll do some more. There's a lot of them. Unfortunately, a lot of them because that's uh, – uh, I tell you, if you want to read about what I just talked about, Google Black Sunday 1951. There's a Black Sunday 1935 that I – ran across last night and it was during the dust bowl where the entire sky over the midwest was black as night with the dust i mean but just, Perry, yeah i remember black sunday was a football game but a you, movie but i can remember you talking these stories just like uh 20 uh, more than 20 years ago uh, it's always fascinated me and it, it is a, i don't mean to repeat myself let me move on because the three guys on the last row of the indianapolis 500 all died on the same day that's just uh, to me, that's amazing. I okay. still say Indy is only supposed to start 33 cars. Well, that's all I'll they say. Start. That okay. Anyway, let's move ahead here. Trucks, the trucks. Um, 
raced last week as we were at Applebee's watching it, and they wrecked a lot of them. They did. And that was the break clean 150 at Pocono. It was won by Kyle Busch in number 51. And I remember us saying, I hope the other number 51 does well today, but he reversed those numbers and finished 15th, and we're talking about Jeremy Clements. But anyway, the um, the race at Pocono was won by Kyle Busch. Second was Corey Heim. Third, Taylor Gray. Fourth, Christopher Bell. Fifth, Grant Enfinger. Sixth, Ty Majeski. Seventh, Christian Eckes. Eighth, Dean Thompson. Ninth, Ben Rhodes. And tenth, Matt D. Benedetto. Eleventh was Carson Hostavar. And Hallie Deegan was 13th. Rajah Carruth was 16th. And as I said, they had a... They, they wrecked a lot of trucks. The uh, points for the trucks and... Tonight is their last race, and I'll go ahead and tell you that. It's at uh, it's the Worldwide Express 250, and that is uh, at 730 uh, on FS1 tonight. And that race is the final race for those guys to get into the point uh, into the playoffs. So here's the top ten as, um, as it stands right now. Corey Heim is the point leader. Uh, these first five guys have two wins each. Corey Heim is first. Zane Smith second, Grant Enfinger third, Christian Eck is fourth, Carson Hosovar is fifth, sixth with one win is Ben Rhodes, and the next four don't have any wins and are in on points, and they are Ty Majeski, Matt D. Benedetto, Nick Sanchez, and Matt Crafton. Eleventh in the points is Stuart Friesen. He's the only one with any kind of realistic uh chance to get in unless you win you win and you're in but uh Stuart Friesen is nine points behind Matt Crafton 21 points behind Nick Sanchez and 31 behind Matt D. Benedetto so this race has a lot riding on it tonight I'm gonna watch it it should be exciting because there is something at stake and uh, <coughs> excuse me and after this uh you know they'll move on to the and uh, the rest of the the playoffs. So uh, I'm sorry that snuck up on me there. These coughs are just coming out of nowhere. My my rev limiter's kicking in. Rev limiter. <laughs> but uh, that's tonight at 7:30 on FS1, the final truck race or the final truck race before the playoffs. Uh, Arca, they um, they ran last Saturday morning when we we're on the air. If you remember, and that's right. Jesse Love was the winner. Um, so the point standings for the trucks. Jesse Love has five wins. He's first. Jumping all the way up to second is Andres Perez de Lara. Third is Malcolm in the middle, Frankie Muniz. That's right. Fourth is Christian Rose. Fifth, John Garrett. Sixth, A.J. Moyer. Seventh, Tony Breitinger, the Victoria's Secret model. Eighth is Brad Smith. Ninth, uh, Tony Constantino. And tenth is Jack Wood, no relation. Their next race will be next Friday at 6 p.m. on FS1, and that will be from Michigan. And they'll be going just about as fast as they can go up there at Michigan. Oh, Michigan. And uh, should be a should be an interesting race. Uh, IMSA, they're off, but, uh, of course, our friend Mike Hill, formerly of the Wheeling Engineering team, uh, that car is still leading the points by 10 points over the BMW, uh, the, the Wheeling Cadillac of Pipo Durrani and Alexander Sims. Nick Yololi and Connor DiFilippi are in second place, 10 points back. 
And then the Ganassi, Ganassi Acura with Felipe Albuquerque and Ricky Taylor are um, are in third place. Penske's Porsche with Nick Tandy and Matthew Jaminet is fourth. And the Cadillac of uh, Sebastian Bourdais and Ringer van der Zandy is fifth. They will race next Sunday at Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, and that's on USA from 11 in the morning until 2, uh, 2 p.m. So that's uh, that will be the IMSA Sports Car Weekend is what that's called. And so uh, be looking forward to that. May have to, may have to, 11 is when I usually get up on Sunday, so I'll have to wake up to the race. All right, quickly, Indy ran two races last week. They had a doubleheader. Um, Joseph Newgarden won both of them. This was at Iowa, uh, Iowa Speedway in Newton, Iowa. The uh, Joseph Newgarden won on Saturday, of course, driving for Penske. Scott McLaughlin second, Patricio O'Ward third. Then they ran again on Sunday, and the same thing happened. The... Uh, uh, Joseph Newgarden was the winner with Will Power second and Alex Pillow third. The points for the Indy cars after that race was uh, Alex Pillow is still the point leader, but he got closed in a little bit by Joseph Newgarden. He went from like a 111-point lead to 80. Scott Dixon is third. Fourth is Marcus Erickson. Fifth, Scott McLaughlin. Sixth, Patricio O'Ward. Seventh, Will Power. Eighth, Colt. Colton Herta, ninth Christian Lungard, and 10th Alexander Rossi. They will run that very interesting race next week, Greg, that we all love at Nashville through the streets, the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix, and that will be at 3 o'clock next Sunday. And um, I just love to see them racing across the bridge. And that first, that, this will be the third time they've done it. The first time was just a barn burner. Last year's race doesn't really stand out to me, but... Uh, Anyway, that's next week, and I enjoy that race very much. Formula One, I mean, <laughs> oh Lord, how boring can you get? Uh, Max Verstappen won the seventh straight. I know it. He's won nine of eleven. His teammate won the other two. They run this Sunday though at eight fifty-five. Call it nine o'clock um, Sunday morning, and they're at Spa for the Belgian Grand Prix. Spa Francorchamps. I like watching Spa. Though. The history. There. Well, it's a long, fast, historic track. It's been around a long time. So uh, that will be um, tomorrow morning. Uh, the Haas team, Nico Hulkenberg was 14th. Kevin Magnuson was 17th. And Logan Sargent from Boca Raton. And the Williams was 20th. Just a miserable showing for those cars. And uh, Formula One points. Max Verstappen has a 110-point lead, and that's about all you need to know. Sergio Perez is second. Fernando Alonso third, Lewis Hamilton fourth, and George Russell fifth. Quickly to television for this uh, weekend. Today you've got at uh, 1230, you've got Winston Cup qualifying from Richmond on USA. Then the Xfinity race will be at 3 on NBC from Road America. We got a pull for Jeremy to get that win like he did there in 2017. Tonight, a very important truck race for uh, to get the top 10 point finishers that move on to the playoffs. And that will be decided tonight. Should make for an interesting race. Tomorrow, Formula One, as I just said, at 8.55. That's on ESPN from Spa. 3 o'clock is the cup race from Richmond, and that's on USA. And uh, looking down the line, ARCA from Michigan next Friday. Uh, WeatherTech will be back in action with the uh, uh, IMSA sports cars. Greg, 
pretty good show. I think it was just unbelievable. And I just want to say one thing. You better say it quick because okay. we're out of time. The thing is, you're the greatest. Oh, okay. Thanks to you, this show and Delaney is going to be on TV. Oh, and this uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I love you. Dally, get our table ready before Greg says something else. And uh, <laughs> the rest of you, keep it between the fences. <laughs> You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. smartphone or mobile device fox sports spartanburg 98.3 fm wsbg spartanburg we are and here's what you need to know we begin in the nfl where multiple outlets report the new england patriots are hosting